Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more, on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's edition of the show, we've got some sunny songs, some songs about humans, We'll try to be fair and square, hear some tunes from composer and lyricist Dale Wimbro, and raise a glass. Several weeks ago, I played I'm All Broken Up Over You, written by Joe Murphy and Carl Hoefel, and I mentioned the one other tune I know of written by Murphy. And here it is to start off a sunny set. <laughs> Thank you. 
she was living down in Sonora, Tennessee. She had red long wavy hair, her face had freckles there, and of course you know she was a gal to me. One day I said I'd go just to see that gal you know, for I long to sit right down by her side. Up the path I drew at last, on the inside get I passed, and I knew the old man's waiting inside the door. You could hear that bulldog growling through the gate I could not see, but I knew the old man's waiting just to set that dog on me. Round the corner I heard a click, hear the old man holler sick, for I knew I was getting the thing I was looking for. I shall never forget that spot in that little old backyard lot where that bulldog chased me out of Tennessee. How I thought of Mama dear as my pants began to tear and my darling South Simone was lost to me. You could hear old Sally singing as she said farewell to me as I crossed the hills and hollers to my home there I did flee. in his glory as I told my all the story of that bulldog down in Sonora, Tennessee. Of them. At 
Pythagoras got sounding rather platitudinous. Here's what I believe should be the attitude of us. Ah, sunny disposition, we'll always see you through. Even though the skies are black, instead of being blue. Mr. Trouble makes our faces grow long, grow long. But a smile will have him saying so long, I've gone to stay. It really doesn't pay to be a gloomy pill. It's absolutely most ridiculous, positively still. The rain may pitter patter, it really doesn't matter. All life can be delish with a sunny The Revelers, Franklin Bauer, Elliot Shaw, Louis James, and founder Wilfred Glenn, recording for Brunswick as the Merrymakers on September 14, 1926, with Sunny Disposish. Phil Cherig wrote the tune and Ira Gershwin the words, and Sunny Disposish was heard in the musical review Americana, which opened at the Belmont Theater on July 26, 1926, and racked up 224 performances before closing in February of the following year right around the time the Revelers, with Charles Harrison taking Franklin Bauer's place, recorded Sunny Disposition with Gene Goldcat's orchestra for Victor. Before that, it was the Carolina Tar Heels with The Bulldog Down in Sunny Tennessee, a parody of The Girl I Loved in Sunny Tennessee, written by Doc Walsh, who played banjo and sang the vocal on that August 11, 1927 Victor recording made in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we began that sunny set with Sunny Jim, written by Joe Murphy and George B. McConnell. That was Kaplan's Melodists, recording for Edison on January 11, 1923. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. Back on the May 19th show, I mentioned a song called The Biggest Kanakas in Hawaii, a party record made in 1941 by the Three Old Roosters. My friend, fellow Vintage Music Show host and longtime loyal listener Brian Wright, founder of Rivermont Records, heard the show and was inspired to play a version of the song by Charlie Drew with the title She's Got the Biggest Kanakas on the Island on his show, The Shellac Stack, the following week. I'm sure most of you also listened to Brian's show, but if you're not familiar with it, by all means go to the show's website, shellacstack.com, where you can listen to and download all the archived episodes of Brian's very entertaining and informative show, an eclectic mix of records from the first half of the 20th century. That's shellacstack.com. While the song title She's Got the Biggest Kanakas on the Island does sound a little risque, kanaka is an actual word in the Hawaiian language and simply means human being. So for this segment, we're going to hear some rapidly rotating records about Kanakas. Kanakas 
polite mind could ever treat another human so unkind? Now didn't you sneak away and leave a note behind? Was that the human thing to do? Always thought that yours was such a heart of gold. But after I was sold and all the tales you told, didn't you let your kisses turn from hot to cold? Now is that the human thing to do? Now I'm not trying to patch things up. What's been done must be. Why, Lord, I wouldn't even treat a pup the way you've treated me. How could anybody be so darned unfair? You left me hang around until I'd learned to care. Didn't you even laugh and leave me crying there? Now, was that the human thing to do? When I am only human after all I'm losing time For I'm platonic with you It's chronic with you, I fear I'd rather be completely smothered by you Than mothered by you, my dear Talk is heavenly for two But I want TNT for two For I am only human after all
started off this musical human set with another person whose name has never been mentioned on the show, Hal Denman. That was Hal Denman and his orchestra, with Hal himself providing the vocal, asking the musical question, was that the human thing to do? 
that Champion 78 was waxed February 26, 1932. Next, from the 1930 edition of the Garrick Gaieties, I Am Only Human After All, composed by Vernon Duke with the lyrics by Ira Gershwin and Yip Harburg. That was Frank Luther with Victor Arden, Phil Oman, and their orchestra recording for Victor on July 10, 1930, about a month after the show opened at the Guild Theater. You had 158 chances to catch it. We finished up with Everything is Hotsy Totsy Now, written by Jimmy McHugh and Irving Mills. That was the vaudeville duo of Coggart and Motto, Henry Coggart and Dick Motto, from OK40406, recorded in June of 1925. Fred Hall accompanied the pair, who made about a dozen records, mostly for OK, but a couple for Columbia, between 1925 and 1927. So, what do Coggart and Motto have to do with humans? Well, they were billed as the Human Jazz Band. A review in the Sarasota Herald Tribune on August 31, 1926 of their act at the Edwards Theater said, Impersonations of musical instruments are rendered in such fashion as to almost convince one that legerdemain of some type is used and that these clever young men must be concealing saxophones, tubas, and bass violas somewhere in their hands. They offer a large sum of money to anyone who can prove that their work is not entirely a matter of voice and hands. There will be few acts of the season which will attract more genuine praise than this one. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that Queenie Ada Rubin wrote Fair and Square along with Andy Razaf. The first known use of the phrase Fair and Square was in Francis Bacon's 1604 essay of Prophecies. But Square meaning honest and straightforward, especially in business dealings, goes back even further to 1589. We here at Rapidly Rotating Records like to be fair and square, and here are a couple of examples.
pianoforte duet of Carol Gibbons and John W. Green, accompanied by their boyfriends, 
and I Want a Fair and Square Man, written by Harry Woods for the show Aunt Penny. That British Columbia 78, number 1309, was made in London on November 15, 1933. Before Green and Gibbons was a fabulous record by Red Nichols and his Five Pennies of Rose of Washington Square. Rose of Washington Square was composed by James F. Hanley. We started that Fair and Square set with... Fair and Square. That was Bert Shaw with Willie Farmer and his orchestra recording in Victor's New York Studio One on July 1st, 1938. At the very same time, in Victor's New York Studio Number 2, Fats Waller and his rhythm were recording, you guessed it, Fair and Square. Well, what do you know about that? I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Because I was in Washington, D.C. and Virginia, there was not a new edition of Rapidly Rotating Records broadcast last Sunday. Had there been one, however, it would have contained this segment, celebrating the birthday of composer and lyricist Peter Dale Wimbro, born June 6, 1895, in Whaleyville, Maryland. He studied at Western Maryland College until enlisting in the Army on April 26, 1917. He served overseas in the 115th Infantry Unit, departing from Hoboken, New Jersey, on June 14, 1918. He was severely wounded on October 18th and was honorably discharged on April 18, 1919, whereupon he returned to Maryland and started his career in music. Beginning in 1925, he recorded for Victor and Edison as Dale Wimbro, the Delmarva songster, and his Rubeville tuners, singing and accompanying himself on ukulele with his own songs, including Country Bread and Chicken Fed. Wimbro's most famous composition is perhaps Accordion Joe, recorded by Duke Ellington in 1930, and heard that same year in the Betty Boop cartoon of the same name. Dale Wimbro is no doubt best remembered not for his music, but for his poem The Guy in the Glass, written in 1934 and published in the American Magazine. He died January 26, 1954, in Sebastian, Florida, and is buried at Dale Cemetery in Whaleyville, Maryland. Here are four from the pen of Dale Wimbro.
There aren't a whole lot of vintage songs about golf, but there's Dale Wimbro himself vocalizing with his Rubeville tuners and his composition, Roll Right Off of My Green. Columbia 1200-D was recorded May 19, 1927. We celebrated composer Michael H. Cleary's birthday a few weeks ago, and guess who the pianist was for the four issued sides from that session? That's right, Michael H. Cleary. You're probably familiar with Helen Kane's recording of That's My Weakness Now with Nat Shilkert and the Victor Orchestra. You heard a clip of it at the beginning of the show. That record was made July 16, 1928, but about a month earlier, Michael H. Cleary accompanied Helen Kane on piano in a test recording of That's My Weakness Now. Victor Masters' Mark Test were test recordings or auditions and not intended for release. I guess Helen passed the test. Before Dale Wimbrough singing, we heard his lyrics to Plucky Lindy's Lucky Day with the music composed by Charlie Abbott, on Victor 21909, recorded March 19, 1929. That was The Hi Hatters, directed by Leonard W. Joy, and the vocalist on Take 6, the one that was issued, was Frank Luther. On Takes 1, 2, and 3, which were destroyed, the vocal was by the male vocal trio of Luther, Len Stokes, and Randolph Wayant. Plucky Lindy's Lucky Day was preceded by Eddie Thomas, backed by Meyer Davis's Hotel Astor Orchestra, and Every Moon's a Honeymoon, with a music by Roy Bargy. Brunswick 4410 was recorded around May 23, 1929. And we began our birthday celebration of Dale Wimbro with From Midnight Till Dawn, written with Vic Torrey and Charlie Abbott. That was Charlie Strait's orchestra with a nice piano solo by Charlie from Brunswick 3944, recorded exactly one year before Plucky Lindy on May 23, 1928. May 27th was Memorial Day, and Rita and I spent the day, as we have for the past 13 years, in San Marcos in North County, San Diego at Churchill's Pub and Grill, attending the remembrance presented by The Hoist, lest we ever forget a 501c3 charity. I'm very proud to point out that The Hoist was co-founded in 2005 by my stepson, Kevin Hopkins, and our friend Steve Cates, and even though I am not a veteran, I had a small part in the inspiration for the organization. In fact, The Hoist's mission is to bridge a gap between the few who have served and the majority who have not, by providing information, education, and direct support to those in need. Hoist chapters provide an open, apolitical environment for all to gather and support one another. Veterans need to feel comfortable around civilians and to know their service has value, and civilians need to know that not having served is not a mark or statement regarding patriotism, and there is no guilt or stigma in not having served. You can find out all about The Hoist, lest we ever forget, incorporated at the website thehoist.org or on the group's Facebook page. And veteran or civilian, I encourage you to do so. Browsing World War I songs before the event, I came across the following record and thought about playing it at The Hoist on Memorial Day. That didn't work out, but I'll play it for you now. Not to be maudlin or a Debbie Downer, Here's Arthur Fields with Don't Steal Daddy's Medal. Don't steal 
picture a scene of a child in a home gazing up in surprise at a man who came in when she was alone with a mask over both of his eyes. He went to a desk that was out in the hall. The child followed close by his side when he took down a medal that hung on the wall. With tears down her cheeks, then the little child cried. Don't steal Daddy's medal. He won it for bravery. It was found by his side before he died and sent to my mother and me. Take the doll that Santa Claus sent me. I beg on bended knee. But don't steal Daddy's medal. The medal he won over me. After she pleaded, he said, little one, you've made me realize what a wonderful thing your daddy had done. Why, it brings tears of shame to my eyes. For I was in France and was brave like your dad. But now I'm a coward, that's true. Oh, I'll try to reform, for I'm not really bad. The child said, I'm sorry, but I said to Don't steal Daddy's medal. He won it for bravery. It was found by his side before he died and sent to my mother and me. Take the doll of a Santa Claus sent me. I beg on Ben. But don't steal Daddy's medal, the medal he won over It was also recorded by Henry Burr for Victor a couple of weeks earlier, but we heard Arthur Fields' April 6, 1926 Columbia recording of Don't Steal Daddy's Medal. Jack Glogow wrote the tune, and Charlie Tobias and Salmo Adler penned the words. Well, after that, fortunately, we have time to raise the mood a bit with another World War I song also having to do with medals. around with a man on his head. There's a 
Peerless Quartet, tenors Henry Burr and Albert Campbell, and basses Frank Croxton and John H. Meyer, with I'm Gonna Pin My Medal on the Girl I Left Behind. World War I wouldn't end for another four-plus months from when that recording was made by Victor on July 1, 1918, and released on catalog number 18486. I'm Gonna Pin My Medal on the Girl I Left Behind was written by Irving Berlin, who was drafted into the U.S. Army in 1918 and served with the 152nd Depot Brigade at Camp Upton in Yap Hank, New York. The Army recognized and took advantage of Berlin's musical talent, and the corporal produced a musical review performed by soldiers called Yip Yip Yap Hank, intended to raise funds to build a community center on the Army base. God Bless America was intended to be the finale of the show, but Berlin thought it was too solemn for the production and set it aside. It was sung two decades later in 1938 by Kate Smith on her radio show. Irving Berlin was honorably discharged from the Army as a sergeant in 1919. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I 
Thank you for your very kind attention.